Hello and welcome to Checked Out. We're broadcasting from Euclid Public Library in beautiful Euclid, Ohio. I'm Casey Armstrong, Director of the Library. And I'm Mike Stein, Assistant Manager of Adult Services. We talk about our favorite books, movies, services, and events with our favorite people and our favorite community. Each podcast will feature a theme. Today, we're talking about the Greater Cleveland Urban Film Festival. Our special guest is Donna Dabbs, the executive director of the festival. Donna will visit with us to talk about this year's festival theme, Afrofuturism, Black to the Future. The festival will be held from September 15th to 23rd. You can also check out the GCUFF Black Cinema Cafe on the fourth Friday each month. Welcome, Donna. Hello. I'm glad to know that I'm a favorite featured guest with a favorite feature event that can join your podcast. So I'm happy to be here. And we're very glad to have you. So we're going to dive right into it. So why don't you just start by telling us uh, about the history of the festival and your role with it. I understand it just celebrated its 10th anniversary last year. Yes. And we're happy to be alive and well going into our 11th year. So a little bit about GCUF. It just started, well, it was 12 years ago when I went to, had a chance to go to open a night at the Cleveland International Film Festival. And it was just a wow, great event, great movie, good energy. And I was encouraged to start one for our Black community. So I did. I ran around telling all my friends that I was going to start a film festival. And somebody was kind enough to give me money to start. So it was ready, set, go. The first year, we, I think it was November when we decided to do it and we launched the first festival in April. So probably six months later. So the good news is we didn't know what we didn't know. So we were able to pull it off. We had one theater over three days. It was just highly successful. Everybody came out, had a great time, loved it. A lot of feedback, people who wanted to be in movies, make movies. So it was really encouraging for us to continue. So that was 11 years ago. That is really amazing to think uh, a seed that was planted in your head from attending the Cleveland International Film Festival grew into this um, wonderful now going into your 11th year. Yes. Festival. That's pretty amazing. Congratulations to you, Donna. That's Thank you so much. And we stay connected with them. We meet regularly. We share best practices. So they're in the background. They give us uh, a helping hand you know, how these, you know, that we're not as big, probably won't be, but the point is we want to be just as good. Yes, absolutely. So this year's festival is taking on an ambitious theme, Afrofuturism, Black to the Future. What can people expect when they attend this September? Well, people can expect the things that they've always experienced. Those, you know, are uh, regular attendees, good films, good time, good parties. But we wanted to make sure that we stay current and incorporate technology, maybe even futuristic. So we decided to embark upon extended reality filmmaking, which is XR, VR, and a lot of other R's that I'm just learning about. So we had the opportunity to take a trip out to the Center for Digital Humanities because they're doing some great work out there and learn about creating holographic images, 360 camera. So people can expect to see some new stuff and some technology incorporated. And we have a few Afrofuturism films and people are like, what's Afrofuturism? 
we do have a little excerpt um, on our website that you can get a little bit of education. But basically, it's really about a hopeful uh, Black future. Yeah, I had to look it up a little bit before we started to see what exactly Afrofuturism is. I guess it's kind of the combination of uh, the African diaspora and technology where they where they mix together. Where they meet, yes. Mm -hmm. and, and it's really a lot more about positive images as well. So it's where all that, those things um, intersect. And why did you choose that as the theme this year? Well, the, the whole bit of work for me is rooted in community and continuing to uh, close the gap uh, and all the disparities socially, financially, economically. And the thing that I loved about the film festival to me was a great way to kind of address a lot of issues, things, ideas in one place. So Afrofuturism is just one more of those things that extend that introduction to our community of not just your everyday, you know, you get the regular everyday stories that aren't so good, you know, so we need influences that uplift us. We need examples of what could be and Afrofuturism is the best example of what could do, taking the best of, you know, what we've already experienced, looking forward to the future with technology and a lot of the concepts um, or the images in some of these Afrofuturism films were things that came out of what, like the 70s. So you had to kind of look way forward, even though I think a lot of them kind of are, are spot on, but with the addition of the internet and you know all these other things, you know, there's there's a lot more, a lot of more opportunities and possibilities. I'm glad you really explained that because um when you think about the word Afrofuturism, I, I wasn't, I, I was connecting it a little bit to Back to the Future. And I was like, okay, what in the world? So thank you for the full explanation. And we'll look forward to the to the VR and all the other R's, R's that we'll see at this year's film festival. So yeah. how many, how many films will you guys be showing this year? Probably about 80 films or so. Usually it's somewhere in that range of, um, you know, 80 to 90 films. You know, a lot of it depends on what submitted, how long they are, how you can put them together. Yeah, but I, I just looked at the list. I did a, a quick count and it was maybe 85. So let's take a minute or two to get into the nuts and bolts of it. Where am I going to go to see this film festival? Where can I go to buy the tickets for it? And when can I start doing that? The best thing to do is make sure you're following us on social media platforms or check our website regularly because it all unfolds relatively quickly. And you know, since uh, post-COVID is what I'm saying, we are changing you know, the format a little because we're learning along the way. We're not like a regular festival. We don't have the big budget. So we try to take advantage of our locations and spaces. So with saying all that, opening night is the most spectacular and that's at the Breen Center. Um, St. Ignatius Brain Center for Performing Arts. Then that's on Thursday night. Then the weekend kicks off. We'll be at Atlas Shaker Square for that weekend, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. And then the following week, we'll be we'll have our XR exhibition, which we're scouting the location now for that because that you need some space to move around and internet and all that lovely stuff. And then we'll have some satellite location screenings. So instead of running nine full days on Shaker Square, 
it'll be a combination of Shaker Square, some community locations, as well as virtual. The virtual format we found works. In case you miss something, you can always, you know, grab it online. So, Donna, so without saying we're going to be all over the place, we're going to be a little bit all over the place. But the best way to find out where we're going to be is the website, because you can get tickets, you can get merchandise, you can get information there. And what is the website address? gcoff.org. Just Greater Cleveland Urban Film Festival Initials.org, because we're a nonprofit organization. So you mentioned um, the VR experiences. Can you? Go into a little bit more detail, like will people be putting on the physical headsets? We'll have some headsets. We'll have, because um, what we're learning is the exhibition can happen in a few ways. But I was super excited because I bought the, um, when I know we need a headset, I bought an Oculus Quest. And that's that technology really has allowed um, more people to have an experience in VR. And it's also now you have more filmmakers creating, telling stories in VR. So I watched Traveling While Black. So anybody that has a VR headset can catch Traveling While Black. And it did just, have you seen it? It just did yes, it for me. I got yes. it. I got yes. it. It's like, wow, this is a powerful way to tell a story. And then they also um, did the White House exhibit in VR. And uh, Obama and um, Barack and Michelle Obama gave you tours of the web website. So they sat there and talked you through these rooms. And, you know, I just think of forward learning or young people, you know, they didn't come up going to the theater, sitting there for hours and hours watching movies where younger people need experiences that they can relate to that are shorter because of course attention spans aren't what they used to be so i'm like this is really something i think that if we add this element and teach filmmakers or have an exhibit format for filmmakers we can stay again current interesting and still attract you know keep because the medium of the film is something that you know it's important it's it's there's nothing like it going to a big theater watching a movie. So we don't want to lose it by not staying relevant for younger people to experience storytelling. So it's just storytelling in a new way. Well, I have to say, since you mentioned the VR experience traveling while black, if you have not seen it, if you have not tried it, definitely try it. But it, it definitely was a unique way to experience the story. You literally feel like you're in the car, you feel like you're in that restaurant. Um, I remember at one point, I had to take the goggles off. It was that powerful that I needed a moment um, to kind of take a deep breath, remember that I wasn't really in the <laughs> Yeah. Wasn't really in the restaurant. These things weren't happening to me. But, but you got to ride the bus. You got mm -hmm. to, you know, see and feel to some degree, you know, what that could be like, or you know, to, it, it's more, it takes you, I guess, closer to that experience that person might have had. So you've been around a little bit more in the decade, so something's working. And I believe yes. that created the festival with the goal of celebrating and preserving and promoting and advancing African-American arts and culture and cinema. So how successful do you feel that you've been doing all that? Very successful. So we went from, a, especially since we went from an all-volunteer organization to an organization that now has staff and contractors, staff being one of me. 
but um, we will continue to grow and work toward so that we have at least a staff of three year round and then seasonal staff as we need it. So I've gone to, I had the opportunity to go to a couple of big conferences where a lot of festivals were there and a lot of festivals have been around a long time. And I found we're in a really good place. We're doing everything right. You know, we all have the same problems is what I found. And the, but our ability to solve them sometimes shows up in different forms and most of it is in resources. So we're just gonna continue to plug away and do what we need to do to stay around. My, my thought of, around most of it is I'm not working to get bigger, I'm just working to get better. And then getting better <laughs> should help me get bigger. <laughs> <laughs> so why, why is it so important to have an urban film festival? And uh, if you can give us some of your success stories or maybe tell us some inside scoop or one of the, the films or artists that you guys highlighted. Yeah, we have the, the biggest inside, I guess, successful piece is our G-Cuff Links, which are high school students that uh, we had a filmmaker that wanted to take on 15 students to teach them the filmmaking from script to screen. And I think there really have been 15 young people that have gone through that program, all of which that have graduated and gone on to continue their careers and they've had their film submitted in other festivals that have been screened. So there's a lot of success just individually. And then people that I meet later tell me that, you know, they decided to be a filmmaker or they went to school, you know, they find some way somewhere in the medium to work. So, which is, was my inspiration for doing it is that there's this whole industry and whole opportunity for, for work, not just in front of the camera, but behind the camera. And even for small businesses, I mean, there's a whole ecosystem. So for me, just being able to deliver this festival and then use the resources from our community and encourage our community is just, just so worthwhile for me. My happy moment shows up on opening night when I hear uh, collective community laughing and chatting and, you know, uplifted and, you know, there's no drama and arguing happening. So I'm like, this is, this is it right here. So I live for that moment. So then beyond your annual film festival, then you have the fourth Friday GCUF Black Cinema Cafe. So what can you tell us about this monthly event? And that was an event that was created to extend our visibility and reach beyond just the one time a year because it will come around so quick you got a small budget so if you don't know it's happening you will miss it pretty quickly so black cinema cafe is an opportunity for us to exhibit films from the festival throughout the year so we started in 2021 in may and we used our one of our local small business partners on bar cafe because there was there's a great space there just for that but they're changing uh, the use of that space now. So we're probably cutting our events back to quarterly um, and they were free and now there'll be a small charge for them because again, we wanna, we wanna provide value for our audience and make sure that there is an audience that wants to come see what we're showing. Well, Donna, we definitely wanna talk to you offline because there are quite a few libraries who have auditorium space with um, 
theaters like the East Cleveland Public Library and the Cleveland Public Library downtown facility uh, might be some new um, opportunities to host the Black Cinema Cafe. <laughs> Absolutely. And we've had screenings at our typically our Black History screenings. We've partnered with the East Cleveland Public Library and places like that. So, yeah, we're always looking for a home that attracts a new audience. Sure. So you mentioned uh, the program for the 15 high school students. Yes. So tell us more about the educational youth initiatives or how schools can get involved with um, getting their students involved in the script to film um, opportunity. Well, right now we're reconfiguring that one because we wanna reach more kids. And it, it really, you need uh, students that are really disciplined and wanna stay dedicated because making a film is really hard work. So what we just, what's brand new is our film student program where they learn, they watch films and they rate the films and contribute to what films go on the festival. So we just launched that this year with um, Shaw High School and that program has gone really well. And the thing that I'm most impressed by is listening to the students describe the film. And even the instructor said, their vocabulary has changed from the beginning when they started watching the film, which was in February, to the end of the program, which was in the school year in May. So that program is just, and I think that has an opportunity to be in every school, um, reach more students, and it keeps the festival fresh because you get a really younger viewpoint on content than you know older people watching films in school right now. So we're looking forward to rolling that out anybody that that wants to take the time and organize uh, students around watching the films we organize everything on the front end to give them access to the content so yeah that's what's up next well i'm going to ask this next one's kind of a selfish question for me but i think other people would like to know the answer to i'm sure you can't be in charge of a cinema like this or a festival like this without really loving films and cinema, how many movies have you seen in correlation with this festival over the years? Just you personally. Well, in, the, in the beginning, I was the film uh, watcher, raider, and programmer. So up until this most recent year, I would say, ooh, probably thousands, thousands and thousands. So if you think about at least a hundred films a year. Maybe it was not as many in the first couple of years, but over the last eight years, that's somewhere close to eight, nine hundred. Wow. <laughs> movies. So it's just now with growing the festival, I don't have the luxury of watching everything. I watch a few and then I, you know, I have to go to the theater like everybody else to watch them. Is there anything else that you would like people to know about you or the festival or? I just want everybody to know that they need to come and experience it <laughs> and support us and, you know, give your feedback. We love to, you know, hear from our patrons as well as our fans. Um, I usually don't get any bad feedback, so I know everybody has a good time. There's always a couple of hiccups along the way, but my message is just please go to the website. Um, look at the film, see if there's something you want to watch. But if even not, even if there's not a movie you want to see, there's certainly parties 
but certainly networking things. But if you don't do anything else, opening night is opening night is the place to be. Now this year, I will say closing night probably will be the place to be too. So the last thing is we're adding a, we're calling a meta gala that goes along with the Afrofuturistic theme. So we want people to come dressed fashionably in their Afrofuturistic version of themselves, sort of like people follow the Met Gala, which happens in New York, the big fashion event. The Met Tug Gala, like the Metaverse Gala is what we're doing this year to match. So we get to dress up. Yes. <laughs> That's really cool. Well, all right. Well, thank you very much for joining us and telling us about the festival. And it sounds like a great event with plenty of things for people to enjoy. So I hope to make it out. Yes. And thank you so much for having me. It's been a pleasure. Thank you so much, Donna. And again, congratulations on all your hard work. Thank you. It's possible to the greater Cleveland area. We are truly, truly looking forward to attending this year. And now the news you cannot use. Casey, if you want to plan your vacation plans around seeing beautiful libraries, you won't have to go too far. Voters.com has ranked the 11 most beautiful libraries in the United States, with Seattle's Central Public Library claiming the top spot. But drive just a couple hours down I-71, and you can visit the Columbus Metropolitan Library, which came in 10th. The library boasts of Vermont marble dating back to 1907 and a history of governors who lived there. It's only fitting that the best library state in the country lay claim to one of the most beautiful libraries. Well, Mike, the next time you're in London, you'll probably want to hop onto their subway system by visiting a library. That's right. The Outgate East Station's entrance is through the ground floor of one of the oldest libraries in London. According to mylondon.news, the Whitechapel Library opened in 1902 and features an arch over the entrance, which makes it look medieval. But it became a bit more modern in the 1930s when the tube London's subway system redesigned a nearby track and needed a new entrance. So if you're in for a little longer trip than Columbus, head to the Whitechapel Library in London and grab your book before you head down to the tube and tour the city. And that's the library news you cannot use. Thanks for listening to Checked Out. You can learn more about Eco Public Library by stopping in or going to our website, ecolibrary.org.